Hello and welcome to That Tech Show, the show that reveals the magicians behind the technology that's in everybody's lives. We have a special episode for you today all about NFTs and we're joined by three guests who have recently sold an NFT. They talk to us all about what an NFT is, uh, their experience in actually selling it and what they believe is the future of NFTs. We also have a very special NFT related giveaway planted somewhere in this episode. So you'll know when you hear it, listen out for it and uh, good luck. We're jumping right into the episode this week. So enjoy our special episode all on NFTs. Right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. We've never had so many beautiful people on the podcast at any one time. So you're, you're pleasing my eyes. Thank you for joining. Thanks no for worries. Us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, today, I don't know if you, well, you should know that we're talking all about NFTs, the new hot buzzing keywords that everyone's confused about, but also very excited about. Um, and I hope that on this episode, we can kind of clear up some of that confusion and some of that excitement with your recent sale of an NFT. Um, and we'll get into all that, but should we start off with some introductions first, starting with you, Stu? Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm Stu Don, or Stu Donovan, and I run a motion graphic animation based company out of East London. Um, yeah, and like Sam said, just got into NFTs or this this crazy little world that uh, we found ourselves in over the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on the baton. Do it. Who's next? Matt, you're up. Go, go. I'm, I'm going. Here we go. Um, yeah, so I'm Matthew Spendlove. I'm a 3D motion designer. I've been in the industry of like normally film and entertainment, advertisement, games for the last 10 plus years. And yeah, for the last probably six months, been watching from afar the NFT scene. And then, like Stu said, only just recently dabbled and dipped our toes into it. Six months ago, we'll get into that, but that's, uh, that's interesting. And last but not least. Uh, my name's Tim West. I'm a freelance motion designer. Um, very similar to the other two guys, uh, except I've been doing it for quite a bit longer, I think. Uh, <laughs> been working in kind of motion design for the past 20 years for a variety of clients, corporate broadcasts, everything in between. Um, so yeah, and just couldn't help but notice all the buzz around NFTs probably around autumn time last year. And yeah, I think that's, that's where we all are at the moment, just kind of in the middle of all of the buzz, really. Nice. And and so, how did you all meet then? Are you? I mean, you're all in the video world and stuff. But do you work? Like, did you work together? Like, how did you all meet? Yeah, yeah. Um, I met Stu through a job probably about ten years ago now. Um, and we've kind of worked together at various agencies since. And I think uh, that's where I first met Matt. But I don't know how Stu and Matt know each other. So I'll throw that over to those guys to tell you about that romance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that romance was, yeah, that was an interesting one. We actually met on a virtual reality course yeah, uh, with Escape Studios in London. Um, How long ago was that? That was about, what, 
six, seven years ago now, maybe. Well, I don't. It feels that long, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like it's been a marriage or something. But uh, I know it feels that way. I talk to you every day. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> exactly. My wife goes, "Oh, is that the ball and chain?" I go, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that nice. is the truth. Oh. That does actually happen. So, uh, so yeah. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I sense the connection. I was wondering who who is between. There's a little synergy going on, but uh, must be you guys. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, you know, are you, are you work, guys working on anything exciting? You're not working together right now, right? Not, not at the moment. No, no. We just, it's, we're literally just involved in all these, this NFT world. Um, but obviously, yeah, we work. Well, I say we. I think we all work outside of it. We sort of do until this sort of took over our lives the past <laughs> two weeks. Um, yeah, which obviously we'll go into with you, with you shortly or whatever. But. Uh, but yeah, we hope to work together more in the future, all of us, I think. Nice. Um, yeah, it's been a while um, since we actually worked together, hasn't it? It's been a few, probably years now. I remember late nights in and off yeah. in old streets. That, um, That's the thing about video, man. Like, late nights are a normal thing. Like, I don't know, I, I moved away from that world. And I'm, I remember my longest stint was like 32 hours on a single job. Like, I bet you, you miss it, don't you? <laughs> every day every day i like not sleeping i'm like a vampire um well which one of you was responsible for the initial idea of this uh nft i'm gonna pass that straight to matt straight i was to gonna matt. guess he that is, i saw the smirk exactly i was waiting for it i was like guy, here we go he's gonna throw me under the bus now here we go yeah this guy has basically spent however many hours of my life of my life investigating nfts and talking to you about NFT, so I'm literally going to pass it straight to him. He's responsible <laughs> for this. It's all my fault. And you've been following this for like six months, right? I had no idea this was going on for for kind of so long, but yeah. Well, you, um, you... I think it's been actually like NFTs have been around for a few years now, actually. That a lot of people didn't really know about that, and I didn't really either. And like with Crypto Kitties and things like that, where you can collect and the punks, but um. Yeah, about last year, probably about, yeah, six, eight months ago, around like that kind of time, I kind of investigated the platforms and I was looking into how how I could get involved and what that would like mean. Would it be like stills or video? What kind of assets could I actually put on the NFT, on the blockchain? Mm. And it was sounded really interesting. And I loved the idea of people actually being able to, like, let's say artists being able to share work on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the collector comes along, admires it or likes the work and they bid on it or they buy it and then they own it. And most of that money goes towards the artist, which is quite nice. And you, uh, there's been loads of stories, especially on Twitter, where it's the community is huge for NFTs. And it's like a very like it's a really nice community. Everyone's like quite helpful and chatty and supportive, which is great and like would help anyone out. But you see a lot of people like maybe even getting so much attention from their NFTs that they would be quitting their jobs, their full-time jobs, and just focusing entirely on that and making more than their normal jobs. So mm. it was really interesting. And then I actually was like, right, okay, I'm going to look into these platforms. And I started off with um, Rarible and OpenSea, looking at those, and then Known Origin, that's another one. And mm. I applied for Known Origin and got accepted to be, uh, I think they call it either a creator or an artist. So you can actually publish your NFTs instead of just collecting them. And 
I was like, right, I've, I've been accepted. Now what should I do? Should I post something? And then I was like, well, I'm just going to like wait a little bit longer, see what the space is doing because there was a lot of bad publicity about the environment and the obviously the carbon emissions and mm. like the energy used to put something on the chain. So I was like, right, let's see what's happening with it all. I'm not going to like not going to jump in it just yet. Mm. And then fast forward to probably about Christmas time and then more platforms were popping up and uh, like Zora, which is another one and Foundation, which we're all on. And the aesthetic of them, the UI, it looked really friendly. It looked from a design perspective, it was like really easy to follow, to find people, to look at artwork to bid on things and we were like okay I was talking to Stu about it and saying like I think we should get involved in this world not mm. obviously because of the whole explosion of how popular they become and like the money side which is obviously amazing for the artists and the people creating them but more out of curiosity to like keep up to date and think maybe this is where the future is and maybe like with the metaverse and going forward where NFTs will be kind of part of our normal day-to-day -day and oh you bought those pair of jeans but on your avatar or like on your game you want those pair of jeans so you can transfer that into the game into another world or buy items for your avatar it's just a really exciting time I think I was going to say how long did it take for you to actually get it you know because it's quite a complicated thing so like when you're first reading about it how long did it take you before you were like I actually understand what's happening now yeah, well, like, so about, yeah, last year, I was seeing a lot of um, artists and people like I follow on Twitter and stuff being accepted to Super Rare, which was, it's one of the big, the big platforms and the big, big dogs. And I was like, okay. And then seeing like what that involved, it's an interview process. You have to make like a little video, like send me basically your portfolio and then you get accepted and then you can place your own artwork on the platform. I think it took mm. me after like looking at the website and then going through the process myself with known origin and stuff like that. I was like, okay, maybe like, I want to say a few weeks, definitely maybe like a month to get my head completely around what it involved with minting a mm. piece of work and what format it had to be in. Or like I need a theory of it, a wallet, which was connected to another thing, which I was buying cryptocurrency and then transferring it to. It's it's not like very scary. It's not like a very like too too scary process, but like there are a lot of bits of it to actually sell an NFT. It's not just like hit the upload button and pay for it at the moment that I understand of. And do they hide some of the complexities of the blockchain? Like some is some of that simplicity sort of uh well, is some of that complexity sort of like smoothed over so it's quite yeah, simple yeah definitely to definitely in foundation it's very stripped back so it's very like easy to on the eye even when you mint something or when you list something for a price um you get like little animations like confetti fall down when it's like goes that transaction goes through instead of like you see the screen with a, like a progress bar and waiting for someone mm. to like accept and mine and like do your transaction to put it on the blockchain it's not very, it's really like the platforms are very nice on the eye of like hiding it all really, the back end stuff. And when did you rope these two into it? About two, three weeks ago when I was like, right, okay, we need to get involved in this. And I was like, Stu, right, I mean, we're getting I mean, on I foundation. Just, I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand this concept of like buying 
what felt at the time like nothing. But I think once you kind of get your head around from for me, when chatting to Tim and Matt, when you kind of get your head a bit around it, you sort of understand why a little bit more. And I think when you understand kind of a bit about history, which is what I'd say Tim is good for with this, when you understand like a bit about the history just of like the world, mm. you sort of start to kind of understand the reasoning for this, I think. Biggest question is people go, well, why can't I just take a screen grab or... If it's, it's like I an said. image that That's they're exactly NFTing, why can I just pull that onto yeah. my desktop? Yeah. And then it's more about the actual ownership. And obviously, because it's an NFT, it's like it's just on the blockchain. It's a, like there's a certificate of like authenticity. Like that's mm. the, the original one. You own that. The, that's guess, the reason but it's like the way to, I, that I could get my head around it to understand it is this a bit like going to the Tate Modern or this is how I kind of see it and you see the Andy Warhol up in, up in the you know in the museum being exhibited and then you go to the gift shop and you can buy exactly the same image on a postcard that is like taking of the screenshot whereas the actual image is like that is like the NFT that is the thing that's attached to it if that, if that kind of makes sense that's the only way i can really get my kind of get my head around it i think i guess it's the equivalent of like historical like art ownership of digital forms and previously all you could do was take a screenshot have a jpeg on a hard drive like you know the ownership was just it's not transparent who actually owns it what you're actually owning so i think it's like conceptually quite difficult to get your head around i think like obviously with mm. the people sale which i'm sure everyone you know even, even your mum's aware of because it's just a that's a very huge sum of money. I mean, that's everyone said, you know, like, but it's just a JPEG. You know, how, how can we? Mm. This? And I think like you do have to. It does make you sort of question a lot of stuff. That's certainly what I found with it. It's like it's great that obviously people are making money. It's great that you know artists, inverted commas, can just post up an image and, and make a load of money off it. But it makes you kind of question sort of value. Like what your value as a designer, what, yeah, you know, and even even going right back to kind of you know money itself. Like we all just accept that money has value, but why? I guess because we just grow up with it. Whereas this is all new, so everyone's like, you know, mm. not understand it. But you know, try looking at you know, financial value, getting your head around that. It's equally complicated. Yeah, we all just accept it. So yeah, there's kind of two things to get your head around with it because there's crypto. And cryptocurrency, that the fact that you're buying this with a cryptocurrency, and that in itself can be something that people can't quite grasp. But then you've got this idea of blockchain. And although they, they're inherently linked, they're still two very new, very big concepts to try and understand, particularly with the kind of older generation and things like that. So, I mean, there's a lot to kind of cover with, with it all. Um, and kind of all the different concepts and you've you've mentioned kind of the different platforms and i think we'll, we'll get into that but i don't know who's best to answer this but what was the state of kind of art before and why is this such a radical answer or a radical new idea to what was kind of historically how art was bought and sold and all the rest of it yeah i mean not, not, i don't i wouldn't say any of us are kind of like in the art world we're commercial designers we're hired guns come to us and say you know, we have you for a week of your time or a couple of days or whatever i guess the thing with the nfts and with these platforms is specifically it's digital art which everything we produce is just a digital file it's totally intangible it's a video it's, a, it's whatever and i guess this is just a way of monetizing that 
an accepted way and in a secure way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's why it's the game changer specifically for, you know, I guess people who produce digital assets, you know, be that audio, be that whatever, you know, the stuff that doesn't actually exist in a physical format. Mm. I kind of compare it a little bit to Napster in the music world in which you're enabling, maybe not Napster, but certainly um, the age of like digital music downloads where now I could strum something on my guitar and post it up on Spotify and anyone can listen to that and all the rest of it. It's, it's giving a lot of accessibility to artists and, and various things like that. Is that kind of a fair comparison? Yeah, I'd say so. In, in a way, I mean, there are some similarities, but also kind of lots of differences, I guess, because I guess with with the Napster stuff, obviously there was, give me if I'm wrong, but there was like, um, there was no money involved. You could just get all this stuff for free. Like that was part of the deal of it. You could just get whatever you wanted for free. And mm. changing that, I suppose, in making, you know, it's monetizing it and it's making that secure. Um, to know, like, Matt, Matt may have more to say on this. Yeah, I think it's more um, Napster and stuff like that back in the day in LimeWire and stuff like that. That was more just um, even just like leaking and like sharing files, but maybe even sharing stuff for free. Whereas uh, probably the NFTs that like you look at it as it's more for collectors and people wanting to share their work, but mm. people to pay something for it. Mm. I think uh, we probably should have covered this in the beginning, but what what piece of artwork did you, because you recently sold it, right? It recently sold, and now you're all millionaires, well, right? Well, yeah, essentially, I'm a millionaire right now, as you Great. can see with my washing line in the background. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, basically what happened was, I guess we were having a chat probably about the same time as this last week, the three of us. It was, yeah, last Friday. Yeah, last Friday. Having a bit of a chat, because I think I'd been chatting to Matt and to um to tim separately in two different conversations i thought well, we've got to just get this together because like it makes much more sense we can learn more from each other and share and all this kind of thing so we kind of had a chat on friday which tim uh named us the crypto kings which is i'd like to clarify is not what we are we are not <laughs> crypto kings I, we are not i, I think I, tim I wouldn't makes class myself. <laughs> he's furious <laughs> I, right now I wouldn't. Um, I would never class us, or I wouldn't class myself as like having a vast knowledge about any of this stuff. I've just fallen mm. into it through these guys, and I, I think the guys are probably quite similar, maybe with a degree. Um, but we kind of had a chat, and Matt decided to um, send out a, a raffle because essentially, for foundation and somebody's more, um, you know, somebody's harder platforms to kind of access. It's invitation only. So I and all of us entered a raffle on Friday night that some guy had kind of put up onto Twitter, um, and then by the Saturday morning I'd won the raffle, so I'd won the invite to Foundation. Chosen. So there again. Chosen one. Yeah, I, I was, and um, yeah, and fortunately or unfortunately, the chosen one. Um, so then <laughs> the Matt, guinea pig, more like. Yeah, the guinea yeah, exactly. So obviously I had to then get my artwork up onto foundation and register everything and learn about everything within about Jeez. an hour because Matt just wanted to get on there and start minting and all this kind of stuff. That's it, um, just blame me. So I just blame <laughs> Matt. 
and then um, so I had access and I, I'd put something up and then I think it was on Monday or possibly Sunday then I'd, I decided to kind of mint mine but auction it for the cheapest price that I could kind of get because I wanted to just te- for me I just wanted to kind of test um how this kind of world get it going yeah yeah just to kind of get it going and try to understand the world and i think to do that i just wanted to get something out there wasn't really bothered about what i was going to auction it for Mm. just kind of get it out anyway i didn't get a lot of traction on it i didn't get any bid when i initially put it up um so matt very kindly decided to bid on my artwork to kind of get the ball rolling um, and I thought it was very nice, and I was gonna oh, buy it for myself until I got oh, outbid. So there you go. You're, you're very kind. And then, uh, and then throughout the day, then it, people just kept bidding and bidding. So it had about I think it was four additional bids, um, and a guy called DJ Fathead in New York um, bought it for like four hundred bucks or something. Shout out um, to DJ Fathead. Big shout out <laughs> to DJ Fathead, and. Um, and then once once it had been purchased, then I received two additional kind of invites. So then it invited Matt and Tim into the world. But I think we all have our kind of individual view on what we kind of think about this kind of world. I, I would say. Mm. So it, so it's actually quite it's actually quite interesting to understand because Matt is very deep with it. I think he's committed quite a lot of time and like his thoughts and things into it. Um, mm. Whereas I'm a little bit more kind of I'm a little bit more skeptical of it, and I'm a bit more kind of like oh let's just give it a try, let's sort of like just get something out there into the world and see what happens. And then Tim is a little bit probably maybe a bit more like Matt. He wants to kind of like get it right, his artwork and you know perfect it and understand it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So mm. that's kind of what happened, really. It's kind of like something that's oh, a different take on it, and I'm sure like lots of other people feel the same way. People got their own take on it, but it feels like an inevitability. Like you have to be involved because sums of money that seem to be flying around, and that is the kind of the thing that's driving it a bit. But I think it's also our industry, no? Like it's yeah. it's not also not about the money. Yeah, it? yeah. I don't think it's hundred percent about the money, but obviously everyone would love for someone to come along and bid forty four ether on their piece of art they've made or like the design, but. Being a part of it and the community, I think, is quite fun as well. Yeah, yeah, that is. I think I'm slightly more skeptical about that than you are. Um, I think the money is what's take the money out of it. No one's going to be interested. Do you know what I mean? It's just mm. a sharing platform for images. I think it is the money, and I think it's fine to be okay with that. Like, you know, mm. you know, the, the cross section between uh, we are hired guns anyway. You know. And... Yeah. I I, th- mm. I think I, I think I agree with you, Tim. I think what I'm trying to say is is that like the stuff that's kind of going up there directly involves like what it is that we do. So it's kind of like we have to you have to engage with it and have to kind of do it. But I completely agree. I think um, you know some of the stuff you see that gets sold for you know like hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean it's just some of it is completely crazy in my opinion. But mm. but yeah, people will pay it. So yeah. do you th- do you think it's more about the because i mean it's a it's a it's an authentic certificate of authenticity right that's what essentially do you think it's more about that and kind of my details or my kind of presence is on the blockchain over the artwork i I think for me i definitely think that is what it is it's about kind of Mm. saying i own this like unique code that is unique to this image. 
So mm. like I own that. It's mm. but it's it's a re- it's a really tricky. It's really hard to kind of articulate. It's a really hard concept to get your head around. But it's kind mm. of it's the same as anything, right? It's the same as going to a gallery in Shoreditch and buying an image, and you get your certificate of authenticity. It's just it doesn't exist mm. physically. I think, Physical, it, and, yeah. I, and, and I think from chatting to Matt as well, it's kind of like the future of it is you know we're going to go and look at the Beeple collection in a VR gallery. So you go in there and you are seeing the, the originals, the the original Beeple artworks in a VR world while sat in your living room. Like that is kind of the future of it. It's just trying to get your head around it is quite tricky. Mm. Well, let's let's talk about the future like a little bit later oh, right, on. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, to know where you think it's going to go. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's cool. Um, and and so in exchange for that certificate authenticity, you just so I mean, this is a very uh, cynical way of looking at things but like in exchange for that certificate authenticity you get a jpeg or whatever it is no i don't i don't think that you do so basically the when you mint the piece that you've created to the blockchain or when you gas it matt will know more about that but essentially when that code is essentially added to your kind of wallet or in within your collectibles and then when the transaction happens and the auction takes place and it ends whatever the bid is, the Ethereum gets transferred to the artist and then that code gets rewritten into the blockchain, which then belongs to that person as a, like a collectible, as it's called in the wallet. And but how they do they I appreciate don't... this art? Like, Matt? how do they see it? How do they see it? Do you know what I mean? I think it's because it get, actually gets uploaded into the blockchain. I think you can actually access it as in like definitely in like Stu said in galleries so you you do get people say oh i'm putting on a gallery send me your nfts or bits mm. from your collection to like view so then you'd be sending them like the image or the file to be put in the gallery i think there's definitely ways you can pull it down but in a sense when you sell and when you buy a piece of work you're actually just adding it to your wallet to kind of collect it in your wallet so that's where it kind of lives and it is just like a bunch of numbers and characters at that point it's not like a downloadable link i think is what we're trying no to get but to. i think um, a lot of platforms actually do have like because obviously we all know from foundation is one one platform you, you can only upload uh mp4s at the moment instead of like an actual high-res mov of like a 4k video mm-hmm. so it'd be more a case of with some of them you could actually give them like a, a GUI link or like a link to be like, oh, when you win the bid, you can have access to this URL and download the high res. So then the buyer of the actual piece can actually access the high res images. But I think some of the platforms are maybe stopping it now just because of like maybe it's server size or like they can't afford because everyone was adding additional stuff to the sales of the uh, NFTs. It was like, oh, here's a like a, link to this where there's like 50 gigs worth of content that you get or i think someone was actually doing another one where it was like images from my holidays or something insane it was like 500 images from like new york and it was like oh if you win this you get access to all of them so i think they're kind of they're cutting Mm. down on that actually so i think you just do get the actual image and the numbers for your wallet Mm. that's weird isn't it that's weird And and just to finish the question off then, because this is obviously a podcast, I know we can see each other, but in what what was your art piece like? What did it look like? 
Uh, my, so my art piece was it's very hard to kind of describe it. It's it's a little bit like um, I don't know. It was like basically, it, essentially, it was like animated satisfying cylinders. loop. I would say. Yeah, it's a satisfying loop made up of cylinders. Is what it kind of was. Very Instagram worthy for sure. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so it would be perfectly accepted on Instagram. Yeah. And why did you choose that particular piece, or did you did you had you already created it, or did you create it in response to this? I'm going to be completely honest. I had already created it, and I was able to attach a story to it, which was all, as far as I was concerned, completely plausible. But but I think I think I think that's the beauty. I actually think that's the beauty in this stuff is kind of not going out and just creating from scratch because i think that's quite a hard thing to do because there's mm-hmm. no real brief there's no nothing you've just got to kind of come up with something mm-hmm. i think it's useful for creatives when they test things and explore different things is to use that as objects to sell as nfts i think that mm-hmm. is the way to do it i think yeah I, yeah i don't think there's any rules with this though like no one no one's specified that you have to create a piece of ass artwork ass work that's something different um pretty piece of artwork <laughs> now we know what you think of it sam there we go um creating a piece of artwork specifically in response to nfts or blockchain or whatever like it's mm. it's just a medium so like if, yeah, if you create an artwork you can decide that you want to show that in the tape or whatever you know it's Rules yeah, on it. I, I, I think what it is, I think there's, for me, I think when you see some of the artworks that go up and they go for crazy money, literally mm. crazy, crazy money. And I think, yeah, I think there's a there's an element that you could fall into a trap in thinking, oh, I can make a hundred grand here, really easy. But like, I'll just come up with an idea, I'll make some artwork, I stick it up, and somebody will pay me ten grand for it. Mm. That, yeah, uh, for me, I don't think that is what it is, and I don't think that's the real world. I think there are. There'll be uh, it, people that are lucky and do that, but I don't oh, yeah, think that's yeah. like a norm where people think, yeah, oh, I'm going to yeah. like make hundreds of thousands by making a few no. NFTs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I mean, you know, I'd say I was reasonably... I mean, it cost me like 100 bucks to to gas it and to mint it and all the rest of it. But then I made 400 bucks or just under 400 bucks. So I think it's good as like a sort of kind of like a second income is what I'd say as a designer that like I don't have any traction. I don't, you know, I'm mm. not well known as an artist i think i think you have some people out there that are really you know have a good following in the motion community or good photographers that have followings that that do really really well out of it and it could be a completely new income source for them but i think that's kind of like the two sides of it i guess yeah and going back to the whole nft um i think some artists are maybe uh, maybe they're young in the industry or what have you they might be like oh, as soon as I get on one, I have to like create a new thing specifically for an NFT. Others are like, oh, I'm re-releasing something from 2016 that I really enjoyed. So you get like a kind of mixed bag where people are like desperate to create new things to be like, oh, I created this for this, my first NFT. And then other people that are like, oh, here's something I made five, 10 years ago Mm. and I'm going to sell it now. I mean, art is art. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just, I mean, they're, they're, I think it won't. I mean, just because it's hot right now, it 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 may give you a better chance to kind of, you know, make a name for yourself. But it will, the the bubble will burst and things will settle. And at the end of the day, art will always exist, and 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 good art will will shine through, just like any any other medium. 
you know, first of all, it was portraits and paint. And uh, now we moved into more digital and now we're moving into more of like a, well, the blockchain, right? And all the rest of it. Um, I, can see, I can see like Tim is itching to say something. I can just see it in his face. I, know, for it. I just see oh, it. He's, he's, he's going to unleash. <laughs> I don't know. Am I... Let me get my mask on. Let me get my mask on. Let me get ready. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting. It's like the convergence of lots of different stuff, isn't it? It's convergence of technology. It's convergence of money. It's convergence of, you know, creative people doing their thing, which previously probably hasn't been monetized that well. Like, you know, you're, if you're a doer, if you're a designer like we are, you're a doer, you're at the bottom of the chain, you don't have to get money. This kind of turns it all on its head completely, which is obviously very appealing to people like us. And as you rightly said just now, probably is a bit of a bubble. It probably is unsustainable um, and will sort of settle down into something a bit more interesting and a bit more, like, this technology isn't going to go away, obviously, and it's not just going to be you know, 3D renders and things right about in space. It's going to be something else. Um, and I'm probably not educated enough on the blockchain and all this kind of stuff as, as you are, but, you know, it's how that can be used going forward. And I think you know, how we can do our work using that going forward and maybe do our work in a slightly different way. Um, yeah, if you, if you want a sobering five minutes, go have a look on some of these apps and see some of the stuff that's going for thousands and thousands of dollars and it'll make you question everything about what you're doing <laughs> with your life. And mm. it's, you know, there's crazy things on there, you know, GIFs, JPEGs, really sort of ropey looking stuff, just going for huge amounts of money. And mm. I don't understand why. I don't know if anyone else understands why. I think, you know, it's kind of like a convergence between, you know, your, how many followers you have on the social platforms. You know, that seems to directly influence kind of how much you charge for things. But it's mm. like it's the Wild West out there. It's an interesting time mm. to be involved in it. And, you know, it's an interesting thing to look at. I don't know if I've answered your question yet. I well, you raised some interesting points, certainly. Like, I don't see this as any different than... I see it as art. Like, this is crazy things going on there. But I went to the Tate and I looked at a picture of a blue... It was just blue. Just a blue painting. And you probably have seen it, right? And to some people, that's beautiful and it means so much and whatever. To me, it's just art in a different medium. It's like, yes, you will see some weird, crazy things, but art does go for that amount. And, you know, any any kind of modern gallery, you'll go and they'll have video, they'll have, you know, projections, they'll have robots and machinery and things like that. They probably paid a lot of money for that. Yes, there's materials that go into it, but sometimes with, with a piece of art that has a lot of kind of meaning behind it and all the rest of it, Again, people latch onto that. They'll connect with it, and they'll they'll pay a handsome fee for it, really. So, just because it's a kind of really broken gift that you know, you can hmm. see anywhere, it doesn't mean it doesn't have value. If there's something behind it, I mean, I'm fully just because I don't get it doesn't mean that it's hmm. not. I'm sure you know first people to see a Andy Warhol. Into soup, screen printed, but probably like, what's this? This isn't art. Do you know what I mean? It changes them. It's like everything, it will change and evolve. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Um, and yeah, like, mm. like we said at the beginning of the conversation, the fact that this is all kind of sort of bubbled up, well, it's been going on for a while, as Matt says, but kind of, I guess, 
yeah. now accessible to people all in the space for about six, seven, eight months. You know, it's, and, and, and then the money involved in that, which obviously drives the publicity, which obviously drives the interest. It's, you know, it seems to, everything seems to be happening very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how it develops over the next next few months. You know, is it just going to kind of just settle down into something else, or is it going to continue being this mm. you know, tornado that's uh, going through the community? Yeah. So, Matt, where did this? Where did it start? Like, what was the first NFT, or who was the first person to think we can use the blockchain for art? To be honest, I don't really know what the first use of art was. I think it might have been the punks. I don't know if you've seen them. They're like uh, little 8-bit kind of characters, like mm -hmm. silhouettes or like portraits of little guys. Basically, um, I'm pretty sure they were the first things to be NFT'd as art on the blockchain. And it might have been that CryptoKitties were a close second, but that, I think, started momentum. And then people were going, oh, okay, like, and then... People are making their own tokens. There's like massive, uh, like huge companies making their own things and then investing in crypto art. There's, a, I can't remember the guy's name, but the founder, he might have even bid on the Beeple piece at Christie's. Uh, he, whale, mm. I can't remember what his name is, but he's made his own whale token and it's like a massive thing of whale community and you can add stuff and buy and like all that kind of thing with cryptocurrency and putting stuff on it as NFTs. But um, I think, yeah, it was definitely either like the punks or the crypto kitties, but that was a few years ago now. And then obviously now it's becoming like Tim said, more mainstream mm -hmm. and more people, it's becoming more open. So it's easier for access for normal people. And then you get people like your mum or someone say, oh, did you see that thing that went for... 70 million in <laughs> on an auction and you're like oh, okay it's like completely mainstream when your mum knows about it yeah. Yeah, that's when you're like you know everyone knows about it usually the time to get out yeah yeah exactly <laughs> when, it, when you get to that point you know you've missed it you're like that's it i've missed the boat yeah so i've heard a bunch of words here because i'm going into this I purposely didn't look too much into it because I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about it but you've said you mentioned a few things a few words um when you mentioned platform, right? I guess this is basically um, you'd compare it to something like a like a stocks and shares index or just a platform that can exchange via money these NFTs, right? It's like a Shopify yeah. site or something like that, right? Yeah. Cool. I'm I'm with you so far then. <laughs> that's. I think that's in in like in a broken down way that's basically what it is so something like i think the most beginner and user friendly and biggest one and i think a lot of the actual platforms let's call them like super rare and foundation actually kind of piggyback off the back of open sea or mm. stuff actually that you might mint and have on foundation is still shown on open sea yeah that was gonna be my next question so do they all write to the same blockchain or do they have their own implementation of their own blockchain also the ethereum blockchain isn't it matt i think it's all on the Ethereum. yeah I th well some actually aren't on ethereum so there is actually a, a newer one which is actually artist friendly which i can i'll whack a link in the chat so we can all have a look at it because i have to dig it out mm. but it's um i think it's on tezo i don't know if i'm saying it right it's a cryptocurrency tezo tezo 
but basically it, it uses such a minimal amount of energy compared to an ethereum transaction so going back to the whole carbon and energy electrical energy used and it's like i think one comparison was saying one ethereum transaction was like melting or like boiling a whole polar bear's worth of water or something oh polar bears were the yeah, did you make that they up like, they, they, <laughs> this graphic that i've seen there's, a, there's like... a polar bear and it's like full of water and <laughs> then the, they were like this tezo one was one transaction is the equivalent of one snowflake so it's like much faster mm. much better for the environment and i think that's the thing that there are the ethereum platforms that like are built on that and it's on that blockchain the ethereum blockchain but then there's these other ones that are coming up which are more environmental friendly and I think are going to appeal to people that were kind of on the fence or thinking I'm not going to get involved in it because of the use of energy mm. and the cost of energy consumption. Mm. Yeah, I've got some um, things about the environmental stuff and we can get into that. But back on the kind of, you know, educating Sam uh, thing, you, you said gassing. Now I've got one interpretation of that. What is gassing and what is minting? It's the same thing, uh, as far as I'm aware. It's kind of up low. It's it's essentially kind of submitting it to the blockchain. So that it's, okay. it, but essentially, it's it's a fee that you need to pay to mint to mint it to the blockchain. So every time that it gets sent to the blockchain or added to the blockchain, you pay the gas or the mint fee. I, I, my assumption, from what I understand, it's the same thing. And again, Matt will be able to tell you more. But yeah, and, um, but every think... time you change it, you oh, have geez. to pay a fee essentially. That's exactly it. So if you uploaded something onto the blockchain and then you're like, oh, I want to like change it or change the price of what I'm listing it for or change the description because you're making a change to the blockchain, you have to pay um, gas again to mm. do that change. And the gas is made up because I even like last weekend when we were trying to work out what the gas price would be to mint Stu's first piece, mm. it was some ridiculous equation, wasn't it? It was like, is is it gooey or it's like G W E I? Well, well, it was slightly, is... it was slightly frustrating because Matt just said, "Oh, just gas it, just gas it." No, so I didn't. I, I was so, telling so, you so, not to do it. Let, let me just give the facts out. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. No, that's it. I'm leaving. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, he didn't say that. But I, but I wanted to get it up there. So I looked at the gas fee and I thought, oh, 70 bucks. Uh, I'll just pay it. I don't want to wait any longer. I just want to get it up there without mm. then realizing I have to pay another gas fee when I actually sent it to auction. So on foundation, when you gas it. A list it. You had to, it, it was a listing. It. Yeah, yeah, a listing. So you minted it and then you listed it and you had to pay twice, didn't you? Yeah, so it cost me like about 140 bucks or something ridiculous. <laughs> Which is it actually seemed, super it, high compared to two weeks ago, apparently, where it was maybe, this is only on foundation where you have to like have a specific band of, if it will get approved, you can do it slowly, but it'll be only a tiny bit less than the fast amount. I guess the other mm. thing to think, take from this conversation is whenever I'm with Matt or I see Matt, I'm always the one that ends out, up out of pocket for some reason. <laughs> so I'm always the one that's got to buy drinks or I've bought too many rounds or he makes me buy a light for a camera that cost me £300. Have you used that camera light? No. Yes, you have. You used it on a few no, jobs. I've paid itself off. Let's do it into an argument. Look, guys, Let's get back to it. We're on a podcast. You can take this <laughs> offline. Maybe, maybe go see a consultant. Maybe they can work through these problems with you. Um, I know a guy, a pretty good marriage counsellor. We can sort it out later, okay? 
As long as that's I haven't got to pay for it, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, you're paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's evidence right there, exactly what Sue just exactly. said. So Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, like, you mentioned the env environmental stuff, and there are some kind of scary figures going around with regards to environmental stuff. And from my understanding, it's not unique to NFTs. This is This is the very nature of the blockchain. If you... You know, by um, you know, cryptocurrencies and things like that. It's the same process whereby tons and tons of computers are solving thousands of algorithms to try and reconcile all the transactions. Right? That's just the blockchain. Is there any particular reason, from your perspective, you can see why there's a particular attack on NFTs? Is it somewhat different to normal transactions, or is it just because they're latching onto this idea of? Uh, you know nfts let's let's create an article or let's create something hype to do with it you know yeah i think there's like it's because it's kind of in the public eye a little bit and mm. they're making a lot of money i was going to say when i spoke to you tim about it my kind of take on it and i don't know if this is a bad thing but my take on it was look at my personal footprint carbon footprint whereas i don't eat as much meat any longer um i don't drive i walk generally everywhere I look at kind of my own carbon footprint. I kind of went, right, okay, well, everybody sort of charges their phone when they're in bed at night. Uh, that doesn't help. So I kind of sort of looked at it on like my own. Yeah, probably a different. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not minting all of the time, right? So I'm not constantly doing it. I've just done it once at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's mm -hmm. a very different conversation about the ethics surrounding my environment. So now I can kind of really go for it with this because, you know, I've got an allowance. That's not really how it works or how it should work. Um, no, no, I, I see what you mean, but I, I guess if I, yeah, I, it's, it's tricky. We all, we all, ha we all cause this problem, right? It's a difficult one to think about, isn't it? You know, like I'm doing something here that could make me some money, but it could also have a cost to the environment. And just sort of balancing the, those two things up. You know? There is definitely that, and I think it's like if you break it down and think of it on that kind of level, where I think there's been in like articles, there's been specific websites and twitter accounts that are like let's go back to the people thing where they're like the sales of one of his uh drops around christmas time they said was the equivalent of the energy or electricity of a small european country or one sp specific bit of artwork was boiling an olympic swimming pool like 280 times like that's mm. a huge amount of energy when you kind of visualize these things they're terrifying and they're like yeah, that's the reason why I didn't want to jump straight into NFTs and the whole crypto art because I was like this whole environment point and how much energy there was used. And then there was, uh, I can't remember what the website was, but it was something NFTs WTF or something like that. But basically there was a specific website where a guy was looking on, I think it's like Etherscan at like how much energy and how much uh energy was being consumed per sale per trans transaction on nfts and he was like putting out there so everyone was seeing and then people were kind of going on one side or the other saying like oh like don't attack like people that are making nfts or they're saying like how can you be doing this like look what you're doing to the environment and then slowly over the last few weeks that website i'll try and track it down and whack it in the chats for later so everyone can have a look but um, they actually have pulled it now and said because 
it's not 100% correct and there's a lot of like hate and trolling towards people that are uh, making NFTs, they're taking it down because uh, it might be like Stu said uh, on a personal level, they don't, they're not comparing what an NFT, um, the energy used to make that and maybe someone who's driving their car to work every day or maybe charging their phone, flying, like Stu said, there's a huge, there's a really good graph. I'll, I think I even sent it to you, uh, Stu. Do you remember the one with the beef industry? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. there's basically like a chart saying like, this is the energy and carbon footprint and the industries and it's NFTs specifically, not the blockchain because the blockchain uses a lot of energy like we, we know and say, but actually making the NFT isn't like all the energy. It's just added on top of what's already been used. But I think the winner was beef, wasn't it? The beef industry is yeah, humongous, like but, but, absolutely off the chart. Then even yeah. avocados, coffee, coffee beans, like stuff you don't think about as a massive deforestation, like all these things. But I think the one thing I would sort of agree with is obviously we're trying to reduce that and this just adds another adds it back on top so i do understand mm. it's just another thing that's added it's, to it's not a problem where we're fill. trying to reduce it yeah it's not kind of yeah uh, and whether so maybe in the future they'll that. they'll make it like much cleaner and it'll be like well it's I ethereum 2 no is making yeah it they're bringing out and yeah, like yeah. there's always this ethereum 2 chat and apparently they're going to be updating it for the last few years but mm. that's going to make it much faster but still going to have a footprint isn't it that's the thing Yes, it's also because this is seen as new technology and I guess things like cars and people eating meat have been around for a long time. It's like, well, cats out of the back of those, you're not going to suddenly get rid of those industries. Whereas this seems like something that could, you know, we could change quite quickly. Mm. I guess that's what is what's happening. Um, quite an interesting mm. thing about a guy who's minted a few pieces of his own foundation and I can't remember his name now, but I will stick it in the chat as well. But he had real concerns about like the environmental impact of all this and he actually made some artwork about it. But he also did something whereby I may be getting this slightly wrong, but he offset all the carbon of those artworks using there's a there's a company that will do this for you and you can offset the carbon of anything that he's offsetting yeah. it on his artworks and it was all verified and again you probably read the same thing Matt but I don't know if this is true if any future sales of that part work would also be offset as well and that was written into the into the blockchain so yeah it was really I, efficient and he'd done it all the right way and he you know he'd lost money on it obviously but conceptually it was all, it all kind of held together the artwork was about this kind of stuff it's going to be you know carbon neutral i think there's definitely those um i can't i off the top of my head think of any of the names of them but there are companies that you can offset your that's just one of the uh Articles that is whacked in the chat. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll read later on. But um, yeah, I'll try and I'll try and dig some of them out because I know That'd a few good. people that are doing them, and it's more a case of just doing your homework. And if you do want to offset, uh, if you make a sale and you want to make off offset your carbon onto that, just choose one. It's a it's a tricky conversation to have, really, obviously, because it's obviously. If someone took a look at your life and exactly what you do, to your point earlier, Chris, uh, Stu, around the um, what your personal carbon footprint is and how that might offset one thing you do, um, I'm sure if someone took it, some of your whatever it is you do, 
whether you eat meat or whatever, there, there, there are shocking statistics in that. But um, unfortunately, it's in a bit of a limelight and we can't avoid the conversation, you know, so. I, 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 th I think it's, it's also this thing, my, my decision to mint something was also down to the fact that it is related to what I do anyway. So it's something that I just should be involved in and should contribute to or just work out what it is what is what is the future is what 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 does understand this kind of how it all works yeah understand yeah. how it works and i just felt that yeah whether it's right or wrong that i felt that is something that i should have should do just to try and understand it and like i say i, I think my carbon footprint is reasonably low i'm not using that as an excuse but just trying to the same of... way as like um yeah, you yeah. know you've got conversations about race and conversations about you know gender happening now mm. we say you know not all men it's like not all nfts not all nfts are the problem but mm. as a whole yeah yeah exactly yeah they, you know so it's not individual mm. individual responsibility but as a whole this thing exists and there is conversation around it and yeah you know I think because it's a new thing, it should, you know, it, it should be easier to change it because it's a you know digital technological thing. It should be easier mm. for us to to change that going forward. Um, and I'm sure there's <laughs> some very clever people doing that, but uh, mm. I'm not one of them. Yeah, I was going to say it's not <laughs> us. <laughs> well, like I say, if there's any any good thing to take from that kind of bad press is that it's probably going to incite some sort of change, some sort of um, enthusiasm to try and, you know, launch Ethereum too sooner or, you know, be more, whether it's the technology that makes it more efficient or actually, you know, some of the hardware that is used for this kind of stuff to be start to be more efficient. Who knows? Hopefully there's something good can come for it. But there were some scary statistics that are just yeah like you say a whole polar bear's worth of water that's a lot of water you know what's so mad? what was that stat is it like a polar bear's bath or something like if he was to run a bath and that's how much it must water have been or something like that but it was right, definitely okay. the polar like the whole polar bear and then comparing it to a snowflake this is the i just put it in the uh chat guys this is the actual the clean nft uh platform i was talking about mm. and i think this were these were the ones yeah that's that that tezos uh, is the currency that it does and it's super fast and it's a snowflake instead of a polar bear <laughs> but th that's that's <laughs> the platform and i think maybe people will be it's more it's more education if people go oh like i don't like how much energy or um foot the carbon footprint i'm leaving on this platform or like making nfts on here I'm going to look for a cleaner one or a different one. I think we're in that stage where maybe there's going to be ones that are popping up that use different uh, ways of writing onto the blockchain, like instead of Ethereum. Mm. With all that said, what's next with it? Like, <laughs> are you guys planning another drop, another art piece or anything like that? I uh, me me personally yeah yes i'm i'm gonna go for another one um i'm currently learning kind of redshift so which is a 3d physical based renderer so i'm gonna kind of be doing a bit of that for it and i might drop something next week and see see how it gets on see if i get anywhere with it i know matt has just launched a little series and tim is i think so he's about to hit the, Dipping his toes hit the in. button yeah yeah he's about to hit the butt he's about to hit go but i'll let those guys chat about that. yeah yeah i think yep so i've um i'm doing a little series on foundation at the moment uh of three and i've put two up now so there's one more and then at that point i think i'm going to look at 
maybe different platforms or different ways to make NFTs instead of it just being video content or an image trying to make it more interactive. It'd be like uh, a 3D object that you can bring into AR or VR and then where that can go in the future. Sam, is anyone, were we allowed to do name drops on this? Are we allowed to kind of drop our names to a bit of like shameless self-promotion? <laughs> I think you've already done it, mate. Well, go for it. <laughs> Man, and, you, should and... drop your, you should drop your Twitter handle or something, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just my name. Just Matthew Spenlove. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> and, and Tim, can you, can you divulge what you've got? lined up for us what's about uh, to drop no so you have guys like you know stuff to do with the day job so animation animation but um yeah you know just see how it goes i think like it's all kind of a big experiment really for me. i think one thing i'd like to do is i'd like to you know put something on there ideally i'd like to sell something and i'd like to buy something as well i'd like to invest in something NFT. yeah definitely so see it from both sides um because i think thing that's kind of interesting about this stuff is it could of course be good um you know, it's a way of you know, putting your money back into stuff you believe in a bit um and yeah so some of that wider stuff i guess like you know that's some stuff i've been thinking about really. um, so yeah that's kind of where i'm gonna go with it and we'll just see what happens so here we are the moment you've been waiting for this is the nft giveaway that we're offering as a special gift from this episode. You might have heard earlier that Stu mentioned that the foundation was a invite-only NFT platform. Well, we have one invitation to give away to one lucky listener um, to join the foundation platform. So if you're interested in NFTs, you're interested in in exploring this kind of new world, then here's, here's your chance to get involved. All you need to do is somewhere on any kind of social platform, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, you can even leave us a review somewhere, is let us know what you enjoyed about this episode with the hashtag showusthattech. So anywhere you like, leave us a comment anywhere, insert the hashtag and we'll choose a a winner at random and notify them we have to be following us on that platform for us to be able to include you in the in the giveaway um and that, there it is so good luck to all those that enter and we we'll look forward to seeing your art would you would you all consider yourself kind of artists before you got involved in this like you know whether you're making doing this full time or not but were you creating kind of art before nfts came along the love of it or personally yeah definitely i i personally was and i think uh Stu was as well and probably tim i think maybe even in our industry like you've kind of got to be to a certain level an artist or like passionate about what you're doing to do it really but it's not really a, for me it's not really a job it's more of a hobby i find yeah like you've got to enjoy like you know i love picking up a camera and doing stuff or i love like getting out a pencil i'm not very good at drawing but i just enjoy sort of sketching things out coming up with ideas like we all chat quite often about things i know i've chat spoken with tim about well more than i've spoken with my partner this week about ideas for nfts and all the rest of it so uh so yeah 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 it's just, you've just got to you've got to enjoy it i think mm. i don't know i kind of see it as two sort of separate things in a way like you know a day job you're solving someone else's problem whereas this is you know being an auteur you know, creating your own mm. 
here and think. Those two very, very different things. It can be hard though if you've got so much freedom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just it, explore. What's interesting about it is like being authentic. Like, what are you really about? Like, it's easy to be a freelance designer, graphic designer, whatever. Yeah. Mm. yourself a creative, but really, you're just being creative on someone else's solving their problems. Really. This is kind of what I'm about. I'm interested in what I've got to say and why am I saying it. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's interesting because like. Just this past couple of weeks have sparked a lot of like conversation about stuff. I guess like me and Stuart probably not, but probably never really talk about or think about it. it makes you question a lot of different stuff. And I guess that's probably happens with all like, emerging technologies. That we, this just seems to happen really, really quickly. Yeah, you're just tapping into areas which you wouldn't have. You know, that's what art is. It incites conversation. It incites curiosity and and experimentation and things like that. So it's kind of doing its job there. Yeah. Um. Thinking about what's next as well as like you mentioned earlier, what you think the future is, Stu. You mentioned like VR and stuff. It, it, are, are you well? Did you want to go into a bit more about what that is? What your idea is? Well, I, I, it's quite interesting. I had a bit of a, a charitable about this, and it, it 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 seems quite funny, but it seems to be like as Tim kind of pointed out, like this everywhere kind of it, this industry specifically jumped straight onto it, and it was kind of like we were chatting about like the adult industry and like pornography and it's kind of like you know when hd cameras came out of 4k the first industry that seemed to Absolutely. jump onto that Absolutely. was pornography and it's kind of like yeah. and vr you know and yeah exactly and vr 3D. um yeah god knows what um and um god and knows what but you kind of you know you kind of think you know what is going on there surely mm. i mean for somebody to own something unique and it sounds completely ridiculous but you know so somebody to own something unique which is maybe based someone's on that got, industry someone is not, has to be doing conceivable, it. is it you know um mm. and i'm not saying by the way i'm not saying that's the future i'm just saying that like that's what Stu's working on yeah no i tell you what it is i tell you what it is i'm i'm sort of slightly scared about all that i think that's a really really scary world then what, pornography just, just worries on the me, really genuinely worries me yeah that really genuinely like concerns i think me, what's I think. what's really interesting and worrying about this whole thing of nfts and the blockchain at the moment is at the moment you could just literally mint something can't you you could yeah, just literally like anything. let's yeah. let's take a screen grab of us four and mint it like that that could happen within the next five minutes that could be done <laughs> No one would buy but, it, but it could happen. No one would know. buy it, but that could like live on live on the blockchain. There's a screen grab of all of us. But what I'm getting yeah. to, you could literally, there's no um, no one policing or checking anything, especially for copyright. So like there could be stuff on there the blockchain as well, isn't there? Exactly. So at this point in time, I don't think there is anything that's policing apart from if maybe you mm. got in touch with a platform saying uh, this artwork's mine, for example. <laughs> then I think they've actually taken some stuff down or like removed it but that's the really scary thing as if it's photos of of people that that is yeah. really scary no? that's forever no that is that's what that's why i think it is like they i don't know how they would sort it out or what's going to happen but i'm sure there's going to be people looking into it that's whether it's using ai and machine learning who knows I, I definitely think that's the platform's responsibility to know whether they're you know the stuff that's going they're putting on there is like 
has a validated source like even if on twitter with the whole blue bird thing like you're you validated the art base is yeah, yours yeah, and various things like that um i, I also yeah. think like like i mentioned at the beginning like having you know you go into like a specific kind of beeple exhibition or the matthew spendler exhibition or tim west exhibition where you go around and you see like the original you know matthew spendler's in a in a in a space with your, your 3d headset on sitting in your own home I, like i i could i could see i can weirdly see it i can see kind of the future being that type of thing you know um no but i don't that'll happen but uh you know but yeah you know <laughs> that's very kind of you to say to him but um <laughs> but yeah no i i think it, i think it's really interesting but i also find it I think Matt would. I think Matt really does embrace that as the future thing, but I find it slightly scary. I, think. I embrace it because I think it's got huge potential, and I think definitely people are going to make some exciting things with it. But it is terrifying, and like I said, there are I just, I there are really flags that are that like yeah. definitely scary about even like pictures of people like just mm. with or even copyrights on work. It mm. could be that, or even down to maybe licensing on stuff like mm. tracks or whatever music but when it's, you it's, when you go on to these like foundation and stuff there are artworks with nike ticks in and apple logos it's kind of like how is that yeah who's like how does this get and produced, definitely you know? definitely you wouldn't be able to get the permissions and copyright for that so yeah exactly. yeah, exactly yeah. Like the whole andy warhol thing doesn't it yeah history repeating itself is that what you're saying totally. yeah well, I mean, it's up to you guys to to shape that future, however it's going to be, right? You know, <laughs> you, Matt, you mentioned like doing some VR stuff and interactive stuff. That sounds exciting to me, like making it more of yeah, a no, you I, know, I definitely, choose your I own think, adventure type thing. Well, exactly, and I think there's there's going to be a point where you can maybe you know there's obviously augmented reality and there's snap lenses and filters and Instagram filters. There might be a point where you can build something or like a filter and then put that on the blockchain for someone to own it or experience it and it'd be their own little experience mm. personal yeah which is pretty yeah. exciting or like like i said accessories where it'd be like oh so you can access this world or for your ar avatar you can have these gloves or like this sword or whatever it be like some cool like posters for your ar room or whatever it is I think there's it's it's a really cool exciting future ahead, but I don't know. Like it's so early days, like who knows what's going to be happening. But I, at the moment, I think I'm definitely going to just experiment with file formats. Maybe look at different platforms and get some 3D objects and AR on some stuff. But I I know something that's quite exciting and like blowing up definitely in America mainstream is the I don't know if you guys know that you know the NBA. Top Shots, is it? Do you know that? The NBA officially are selling uh, NFTs of clips of players. Oh, like yeah, maybe I it's like that. doing a trick yeah. shot or like a slam dunk. Mm. And then people are buying like, think of it as like packs of cards in this sense for like $9 or a rare pack for like $20. And then they've got clips in them of like LeBron James or someone or Curry. And then people are selling it on the secondary market for like insane amounts of money but well, that's like a that's a normal thing in like normal like 
fans of NBA are getting involved in. So it's very mainstream, which is quite exciting. And it's interesting how brands are doing that. I'm sure like in the UK, like football, Premier League, are going to jump on this kind of bandwagon soon. Mm. Matt, didn't you mention about a dude that sold like a strand of his DNA as an NFT? Yeah, but I don't even know if that's like, well, I'm sure it is legal, but it's just quite worrying, isn't it? That you've put like yeah. his <laughs> DNA, like whether it's the code or what have you. Like that's soul, that's on the blockchain now, on open source. Oh, open C, sorry. That's kind of odd. So like, if all you need to do is like reverse engineer <laughs> and you can clone him. There you go. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez, that's a, that's a scary world. Well, I'd like to wrap it up there if that's all right. I've got another podcast recording in a bit, so uh, I've got to get some energy <laughs> and I need a wee. Um, that was really interesting. That was really cool, guys. Like, it's it's interesting to hear the artistic side and kind of how you got involved in stuff because I know there's a lot of, like, hubbub around it and it's just, I think it's moving so fast that even, like, people who are in touch with tech, like, are struggling to catch up with things and, like, what it is and all the rest of it and you guys have already yeah. got your toes wet and uh thinking about the next next step with it so it was really exciting to hear all that it'd be good to maybe chat with you again in a few months or something and let us um, you know from our mansions or something i was gonna say i, I i'd be like yeah. a peasant to you in a few months time you wouldn't <laughs> want to speak to me you'd be like no no get get us uh what's his name joe rogan we want to be in joe rogan's <laughs> podcast no, like, Sam, I'm just on my jet ski. I'm gonna have to call you back. I'm call you <laughs> yeah, back. I'm on the private jet. I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah, reception's terrible out here. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, it was awesome to have you guys on. Um, I'll stop the stream. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hopefully, it was helpful and you've got some content that's usable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, solid twenty minutes of decent conversation uh, at that. <laughs>and on LinkedIn at That Tech Show. You can also support us on Patreon at That Tech Show. And if that's not enough repetition and you don't know by now, this show is called That Tech Show. Remember, this show is not filmed in front of a live studio audience for obvious plague-related reasons. It is instead recorded remotely with industry professionals from around the globe, but produced in London, England by Sam Gregory and Chris Adams, executive produced by Terry Towling, and sponsored by Jupiter and the Giraffe the web app and website consultancy. Jupiter and the Giraffe help guide and build your great idea in order to reach new customers, streamline your processes, and scale your businesses. You've been listening to That Tech Show. Remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share, and join us on our next episode.